0: Hey Siri, time 28 minutes, let's go. I still really like the music gets boring it doesn't feels like a really very long time since we've just done a podcast for you and me it it hasn't been a while when was the last time we actually recorded a podcast just the two of us it
1: must be a few months ago (laughs) because we kind of batch record them don't we a little bit
0: we do a little bit when uh, when the work uh, the space (laughs) in our work allows yeah Um, yeah we're just getting back on top of it we recorded one yesterday which is which is gonna come out after after this one one, (laughs) uh, with a guest um, there's this one, and um, we're going to batch record a few more, I think, because I very selfishly You're am going away for, for the whole, whole month. month. <laughs> 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 I'm away for the month of August, um, a mixture of holidays and touring, um, which is mega. But I'm a bit apprehensive about just disappearing. That'll be good. It will be good. It will be good. Will be good. If I can get I, the, the list of things I've got to do before I go away yep. is stressing me out a bit because it's like what is it now we're sat here recording on the 18th of july i mean i can't believe we're at that I can't <laughs> it's nearly august already middle of july um and i'm I've, you know so i go away like in two weeks i think oh, is it, it can't be two weeks is it it will be two weeks yeah because oh. I, I i'm off and then you're off <laughs> i go away two weeks on thursday this is just dawning on me all right that's frightening i've got a lot to do anyway but you know Provided I get everything done, get everything in ship shape then I can go away, yep. like, and try and relax. That's that's the idea. And then need a holiday. And then need a holiday when I get back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the second part. So I'm away first with the family, and then I come back. I'm home for like 48 hours, and then I fly out on tour across the whole of Europe. Yeah. I'm back on like that'll first first week in September. It's gonna be amazing. We we'll, we discussed the idea of maybe trying to record a podcast whilst I'm on tour, didn't we? Yeah, on the road. On pod. the road pod. Yeah. yeah, that'll be quite good be interesting we can make it happen <laughs> so anyway nattering on already um welcome back to the creative podcast that's not the, the name creative pursuit thank you podcast. Oh, i'll warm up it's been a while it has <laughs> been a while the creative pursuit episode number uh, 11 yeah. Episode number eleven. Um, welcome back, and thanks ever so much for your continued listenage and lending us your ears. Uh, we really appreciate it. Had a couple of lovely comments from a few people last couple of weeks. Um have some great suggestions on guest ideas and topic ideas and stuff. So yeah. keep it all coming. If you've uh, if you've got any feedback for us generally, yeah. um, we'd love to hear it. Particularly with regards to the last couple of guests um, we've had. We had Rob Edwards. We had a my dad of, on. Yeah, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Um, we've got some fantastic guests coming um, in the coming weeks as well. The re- I thought the podcast we recorded yesterday was That's really magic, interesting, yeah. Really interesting. Um, and we've got a couple more upcoming as well. So stay tuned, if yep. you will. Uh, we really appreciate your, your listening and your feedback. Um, so how's things with you then, Scott?
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's it, well, it was very busy, wasn't it? And it's it's eased off a little it bit a now. Bit. It's a bit more manageable now. But we've been doing a whole bunch of different things, keeping it varied. Yeah. So we've had the uh, our very own sort of grand designs sort of project
0: going on. Yeah, that's really cool. We're doing a lot of fun. so we're filming that uh, sort of twelve monthly installments over a year. Yeah. Um, of a development like a dream. It's a dream house, isn't it? Yeah,
1: I think th- the main bulk of it hasn't started no. yet really but um so y- can we mention what's happened it's going out this week
0: I don't see why not
1: yeah So um he's bought this plot of land yeah off story Ian story who we do photography for yeah and then we're kind of filming the whole project as he knocks down the original house that is just a mess dilapidated completely uninhabitable and at the moment he's built Kind of an outbuilding in the back garden,
0: yeah, that they're living in, whilst they're waiting for the final permissions to then build the main structure. Knock it down and get. And that'll be happening, (coughs) he reckons. I think in the autumn. autumn. It, I was thought it, it was after I uh, early after next Christmas, year, I think. Yeah, when the actual build starts. So yeah, yeah it's going to be a bit sporadic. But we've already got what four episodes in the can. Yeah, I think so. And the first one is launched next week. This well, so week. when this is when this goes out, it will already be out. It'll when, be out. So, yeah. Right. Right. Which is really exciting. Yeah. And we've done it. We've deliberately tried to film it in a bit of a different way, haven't we? So do you, do you remember when we first started this? We were doing like gimbals and wides yeah. So it's and changed a lot. But
1: I think the episodes get stronger. Um, yeah because I think everyone at the start of it was a little bit unsure of what they wanted from it yeah and then we've kind of found a bit of a a nice route to go down with it, the more we've done it.
0: Yeah. And we've kind of deliberately made it feel quite organic. I think yep. yeah, the way, the way we've shot it. Yeah. I think it gets it. more so like it that, does. It. We've, st- we're finding our feet. Yeah. I think we have found our feet now yeah. after a few episodes. Yeah. Um, over those three episodes, we gradually sort of developed a style of filming. I think which yeah. is really handheld and quite, quite tight yeah um, composition on the subjects yeah tried to really sort of portray the emotion I think because it's all about sort of showing the journey of Carl and Natalie yeah. as they go through this like life-changing process of building their forever home yeah um, which is something that so Carl's a builder by trade so he's building everyone else's homes yeah and he's since exactly he, he said cool. since he was a kid this is all he's ever wanted to do is build his own house yeah so he's now finally doing it and it, you know it's, it's amazing to see that journey
1: yeah yeah so we've got those they're almost monthly aren't they really pretty much yeah uh, and then at the end of it there'll be a like a a, a big dock
0: yeah so the plans will put together yeah. like a 40 odd minute yeah um, almost like a Grand Designs episode really yeah. but rather than yeah so it'll be a Grand Designs kind of from scratch yeah it? You're seeing, knocking down the building yeah. and starting hopefully right till the end yeah seeing where it ends up so yeah it's it's nice to be as, to see it as it's, it's as a it cool goes. project it isn't. is cool so, yeah we've been doing that uh, amongst absolutely loads of property stuff in the last two months yeah may and june may and june have been insane on property because it's, uh,
1: it's the weather everyone just wants the houses photoed in good weather
0: yeah well the weather was superb wasn't it yeah. it's not anymore not anymore <laughs> looking out <laughs> the window it's chucking it down. <laughs> i'm sat in a coat I know I'm freezing. <laughs> I've got a t-shirt and shorts on. I've completely misjudged it. It's like 14 <laughs> degrees outside. Um, anyway, yeah, loads and loads of property stuff, which has been great. We've seen some fantastic places and been all over the place. Yeah. Um, chucked out more content, more videos, and more photos. I think than we ever have in a two-month period, which has been pretty cool. Um, we've done an event as well. We did do an event. Yeah. Big event, a corporate event in Manchester, yep. um, which was an all-day, all-nighter. Which we split in half. Didn't I, th- we? I think that was needed to be split. Yeah, yeah, it's a long day. You tapped out after a few hours, and I had to go over in the <laughs> yeah. evening. Yeah, it was it was yeah. a good shout to do that, um, and a couple of other bits as well. A couple of other bits, um, and yeah. we've developed our our sort of techniques a little bit. So we 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 changed. We got a new drone last September. Yeah, the Mavic DJI Air 2S. So we're trying to just find new ways, find to find new use ways it. using it. And one of the sort of developments, and without, have we still got the geek alarm?
1: Uh, no that we never program the... it <laughs> we figured out how to program one sound into this new piece of recording
0: And a, um... have we got anything else suitable in the bank <laughs> of sounds let's have a listen oh, two played at once wow you think you must have hit in two pads no. no. No, 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 no. We'll it's leave. Nice. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, this new drone, we've developed a new sort of technique for taking twilight photographs of aerial twilights. So one of our USPs for property is doing superbly beautiful nighttime dusk shoots, effectively, mm. of properties. And they really make us them stand out. It's a pain in the ass this time of year. It is. Stood out there at ten o'clock at night waiting for the sun to disappear. <laughs> um and at one point, you know, at the real at the sort of the solstice and all the rest of it, you're out there almost at eleven o'clock, aren't you? Something yeah, like, it's awful. The owner the owner of the
1: house is like sat in the pajamas waiting to go to bed We yeah. <laughs> got all the lights uh, on Yeah, exactly.
0: Um we have our own little internal celebration <laughs> on the twenty first of June because <laughs> the nights starts drawing <laughs> in where there must be only people on the planet who yeah. celebrate. The night's getting shorter. Yeah. Um but I yeah. W- love summer, but that bit equally i want them. we ever. have to, we have expanded our team a bit haven't we our yeah, twilight, team. twilight team we have we have um the twi guy <laughs> john um who's been helping us we've trained him up and he's taking twilight shots to take a bit of the bird and we've got a few more waiting in the wings as yeah. well, but. We- but actually, we're not that busy at the moment. No, the moment it's died down a little so bit. it has died down a little bit. So it's a snowbound thing, yeah. So that's where we're up to, that's, that's what's been going on. And, and um, as I say, this aerial sort of technique, so we've always done twilights, and we've now realized that we can take decent twilights mm. from, from the air, which yeah. helps in certain situations. Which previously, when, we, when we we're on the ground, we exposed for a very long time, yeah. Um, and you can't do that in the air because obviously it's not perfectly stable. Um, but we've developed it and it's looking all right it's looking
1: okay and it does help like like, there's a house we did this week that was in a bit of a of a valley i guess yes so if we were to do it at eye level well like we normally would you'd lose half the house but to be able to elevate it means you can get the
0: whole yeah and and conversely exactly what i did last week on one is the house was quite high yeah so from taking it from the ground, yeah. sort of looking up at the property, yeah. and it did, the perspective was wrong. Yeah. So instead, by getting it up at sort of twelve to fifteen exactly, feet yeah. yeah, you've got almost at eye level. Yeah, but the, the the downside is you can't do this long long exposure, and you haven't got this beautiful piece of glass hanging off the yeah. front So it is a compromise. It is it doesn't it is. look quite as beautiful as the ground based twice, but when you're in a pinch, it works. It's a nice option to yeah. have. So we've been we've been trialing that as well. Yeah that that that's um a little summary of where, where what we've been up to really but today we wanted to jump on and we do have our regular rants i should say we scott has his regular <laughs> rant, about. um about ai we do discuss ai quite a lot because we feel it's quite prevalent not just in our industry but in creative industries in general worldwide and well, just humankind yeah. you know is it a th- you know there's, on a big existential level? Is it a threat to the way that we live lives and yeah. um, and um, you know humanity in general? There's a lot of talk about that, and we've we've talked a lot about it previously. There's one element that's come to light from a very photography specific perspective in the last six weeks or so, yeah. and it has. I'm not exaggerating when I say it has absolutely changed the game. It's
1: thrown a bit of a spanner in the works, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's um, a feature of Photoshop. Uh, so Photoshop is a photo editing software that a, a load of people will be familiar with. If you've not used it, you'll at least heard of it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and over the years, you can do pretty amazing things and it gets more and more capable. And uh, it brushing. used to be a
1: genuine skill to be able to use it. I still think it is. It, st- it still is, but... There was, it, it. There's a big learning curve to it.
0: Mm. There's still, I mean, I, I watch v- videos of like Photoshop ninjas, and yeah. they are unbelievably skilled at yeah. Photoshop to know and the features that it has are just unbelievable. Yeah. But one new feature has just steamrolled <laughs> it everything. has. Yeah. Like in terms of the skill required, so it's called generative fill, and if. Now it's very difficult to explain a lot of its capabilities in an audio way. Yeah, if you're interested in this, jump onto YouTube and type in generative fill, it's yeah, and, and prepare to have your mind blown. Do you want to explain what it is, Scott?
1: Ah, uh, it basically there's you can use it in a number of ways, can't you? So, being able to remove things from photographs is something that has been done for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, previously, you would have had to clone it by using other parts of that same picture and copying them over to cover things up and then heel brushing them over so you can blend it in a little bit now you can literally draw a circle around whatever you want to remove, hit generative fill and it does it instantly and you'd never know so previously it might have, depending on what you were trying to remove, it might have taken anything from like 5-10 minutes to hours, hours. Um and now whatever you want to remove can just be done in seconds without telling it what to do, mm-hmm. just by drawing a circle around it and hitting a button.
0: So this is AI working out basically what is in the image and removing the yeah. thing that you want to remove it.
1: And it does it like, I, terrifyingly well.
0: Yeah. Like really, really well. Yeah. Like better than I could. Yeah. I'm not a great Photoshop user but like i'm nowhere near the standard that ai is at for moving things
1: i mean we removed a whole sofa from a room that was like blocking a fireplace Mm -hmm. and it filled in the fireplace and you would never know that that wasn't the real fireplace
0: yeah so previous i mean i remember even just two years ago um cutting out skies yeah by hand yeah so before sky replacement in Photoshop, so that's been around for a couple of years. But before that, you would painstakingly have to hand draw the horizon. Can you imagine when you had trees and stuff in and out of the leaves and everything, yeah. trying to... It would take, take hours, hours and yeah. hours and hours. So sky replacement has been handy for us uh, in, in real estate for quite a long time. Yeah. And, and sky replacement is now really quick. Yeah, This is like whole new level stuff. Yeah, 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 it's next level. So what this is now doing and why this is AI... Is it's doing two things. One, it's recognizing the object that you're loose. That you can just draw around it loosely. Yep,
1: it doesn't have to be perfect. So it doesn't have to be
0: perfect. Or you can select select object. Yeah, and it will select the object perfectly for yeah. you if you choose the right object. I mean, yeah. that in itself is just crazy. It then will remove it if you don't put any instruction in, and it will work out what was behind it. Yep, and that's why it's AI because it's working out based on. How's it work? Like on a database of images or? It must have, like, I don't know where it's grabbed these images from. They've trained this AI model. Or I whatever. think it works in a way whereby you, when you sign up to Adobe, you're signing a disclaimer that I Adobe think they can use can all, use all, of, all, your all of your photos. Yeah, which, it looks at all of your photos.
1: Yeah, you don't even think anything of it at the time. No. But now they've got billions and billions and billions of photos. Just to then
0: look at this one and it goes to its database and goes, oh, that's quite similar. Yeah. That fireplace looks like that fireplace. So we'll use that fireplace exactly. and put it in there. Mental. Scary. But Scary, but... That like, side of it is really useful. I was going to say, right, so when t- this came out in May. Ye- uh, I, yeah, I text ago. you about it. You did text me about and it. I went, Scott, you need to watch this. <laughs> I just cried in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to watch this, right? And and I saw it, and my mind was blown. I was showing Rosie, my wife, I was showing the kids. I was like, you've got to see this. <laughs> anyway, I mean, we've not even gotten to the big stuff yet that it can do. But in terms of removal of stuff, I was using it for commercial work. Straight away. Within hours. Yep. It changed our workflow Overnight,
1: which is great in that sense because it is adding something to us, it's making things I don't want to say easier, but it's no, you still need to have the skills, it's an extra tool to have
0: if we need it. I was just going to say that it's just useful for us as editors when we put our editing hat on and edit images, then it becomes a useful thing to speed up our workflow. Yeah, I've always thought when you're sort of cutting, you know objects out on Photoshop and stuff to, yep. to edit them or delete them or remove them or manipulate them. There's no, for me, there's there's no sort of like glory in that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, I it's, a, it's a functional practical it's task.
1: Not, I think for real estate, it's a really useful tool to have because there's been countless amounts of times we've gone to a house and there's say a trampoline in the garden that they can't get rid
0: of. Or a skip on the driveway. On,
1: yeah, you can't move that physically. So, to be able to take it out in a photo is really useful. Mm. You don't want to advertise the fact that there's a trampoline covering half the house in the photo.
0: Yeah.
1: So, being able to release... Re-
0: it just speeds up our workflow. Yeah. And it's not, there's nothing creative about that workflow for me. Yeah. It's just a practical engineering sort of workflow to do a task. Yeah. So, I have no issues, ethically or otherwise, where it comes to removing items, particularly if they are not fixed items. Yeah. Now, if they're fixed items and you're removing things off, off off an image, let's use real estate as our go-to sort of example because yeah, yeah. we do a lot of that. Um, how do we feel about... So for me, when we edit photos of either real estate or people or anything else, we generally have an ethical code about it. So for example, if we're doing headshots and someone says, um, can you change the color of my eyes? We will say no. Yeah because it's not authentic and what we're trying to create is authentic imagery whereas if someone has a spot on their forehead that won't be there in two weeks we'll remove that yeah right and i generally have the same rule when it comes to property so if it's like something that could be removed or might be removed like a piece of furniture or a piece of artwork on the wall or something like that then i will remove it without question whereas if it's something like can you get rid of the oak beams in this room no. then i wouldn't do it because then you've not got an authentic appropriation of that image and it's their misrepresentation Yep. Yeah. as far as and actually it's not us taking the risk it's the agent but i think but it's nothing, so, yeah. we have to lead the way yeah. on that yeah. um so for that from that side of things removing things i've abs- i've got absolutely no ethical issue whatsoever where it becomes slightly murky <laughs> is the name of it is the name of it <laughs> it's all in the name and i think that's a big problem with it actually
1: the name that? of it the name of it yeah so you can use it to generate whatever the f you want
0: yeah so can you talk us through how that works on how you might use it without any visual aids <laughs> <laughs> so you,
1: you draw your circle on your image or whatever shape you want it will pop up with the generative fill box. Alongside it is a text box. You can type in whatever the hell you want. Hit generate and it will add in that thing to that image. Are you out of water?
0: No, I've dropped my straw in. <laughs> I'm just having to fish it out. <laughs> Carry on.
1: Yeah, so it will add in um, whatever you type in.
0: So give us an example.
1: I, I don't know. What, what do you want? I did it on one of my YouTube videos recently and I sat in my back garden, which is just a backyard. There's two walls either side. I could touch both sides of the walls, both sides of the yard. I turned it into a tropical garden and you'd never know.
0: So let's just say theoretically, I took a photo of you, a headshot across the table and it's just cropped around you, your head. Yeah. So in Photoshop, you can drop it in. You can then expand, expand it. Yeah. Expand the sides and above and below you. Yeah. And hit generative fill, and it will then, from somewhere, decide what could be, in and around that. Yeah. I, I and expand the scene basically. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. It hurts my head. It is mental. There's a video. Um, trying to remember neil redfern fantastic wedding photographer based yeah. in the northwest and i think that was the video i yeah, sent you when right, we yeah. first because he, he found it the night isn't... before i did yeah and he was so blown away he put a, he stayed up four o'clock in the morning just trialing it out with some wedding photos yeah so he was doing things like he was like oh um add a ring the, the, onto a add a ring thing. onto someone's fingers well, actually, by circling it, it said add wedding ring yeah bosh yeah He would then remove, uh, or say, can you change the bouquet in the bridesmaid's hands to red roses, bosh. You know, can you You extend this uh, scene and put a a waterfall in the background, bosh. Yeah,
1: add a lake or add a pond with reflections Yeah, and it will copy the reflections
0: for the image above into that It'll add the right lighting to the scene. It won't look... Depth of field. It'll just do things that are absolutely mind-blowing that would take you as a doing it manually, if you could... I mean, forever. Yeah. forever, forever and ever, and, ever. Yeah. and it can do it in as long as it takes for the the process bar to go from left to right, which is about 10 seconds, Yeah, absolutely mental. So it's incredibly capable. And you, know, you have to sort of like, in one respect, like, tip your cap to the people who have managed to do this because it's incredibly clever technology, really, really clever. However, there's a massive, in our opinion, there's a massive ethical question mark. Yeah over the generative side of things, not the removal of stuff because that's just removing something. But when you're adding something to the scene, what does it mean for the photograph? What does it mean for the viewer, the consumer of that image? It's trickery, isn't it? It's not real. You're tricking someone into believing it's real. Yeah.
1: I don't don't agree with it from that side. Hmm. It's not photography anymore.
0: Right, well, I think that's the thing for me as well. It's not photography anymore. It becomes an image. Yeah. And it still has merit, I think, because it is still an image that people might like. It can be like. yeah. Um, it kind of like fits into sort of like, you know, like quippy kind of social media imagery that's just designed to almost be clickbait yeah. or like bait. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just designed to look nice, but is it authentic? Is that, I sent you a Peter McKinnon video. I'm a massive
1: Peter McKinnon fan. He's yeah. a Canadian photographer, YouTuber. Very and successful. It, very, very successful. And he took an image of a hut in Iceland. And it it was just a basic image. It was nothing. It was it, nothing great. It, yeah. And he wasn't going to use it for anything. He just took an image of this hut and then tried out this generative fill feature and just kept adding things to it. And before you knew the original image, he showed you what he had come up with. So it had the mountains in the so background. So the
0: first image that you saw was the final the image final with all image. The, G- the AI. Yeah,
1: so it had mountains in the background. It was covered in snow. It had a bench. It had a river running in front of it. it had, I don't know what else. But then one changed by... changed the lights inside, yeah, the, the, the lines and the windows. Inside. Yeah, exactly. Then one by one...
0: A river running past it. Yeah. A stream that a was
1: one by one he would just remove the things that yeah. he'd added into it yeah. and he uh, said he's, uh, even he doesn't know how you feel about it yeah what's he said about it he he doesn't know what to think about it you
0: know there's been so I'm quite but he has said
1: this. he if he ever was to use it he, he, sa- he wouldn't use it like that he'd maybe use it to remove something mm-hmm. but if he was if he was to use it in that way and add things to it he would put a little disclaimer saying
0: AI has so been So I used. think this is surely where we have to go or at least have the discussion about it is about authenticity and disclaiming that when something's been artificially enhanced, yep. do we have to say that? I think you do Yeah, at the very least. The problem is, right, from a consumer's perspective, so we'll talk about what it means for photographers and the photography industry in a minute, but like... As a consumer, as someone who sees the images in a magazine, on the on the internet, on you know wherever you f- see your images, does it matter to you as a consumer whether it is real or not?
1: I think it becomes very dangerous if we're starting to see things that we don't know aren't real and they don't actually exist. Because mm. if you if you're looking through like a travel brochure and you're seeing all these incredible images. And you want to go to that place because you've seen these amazing images that you think are real, yeah. And then you're kind of tricked into going there,
0: yeah. Then it's misrepresentation. It's misrepresentation, and, and I you think get that's there, the key. And it's like, well, that's not what I imagined. Yeah. So should anything that's been messed with with AI have a? This is artificially enhanced. Yeah, like stamp on it or something. But who? The problem is, it's like the internet. Like, how do you regulate something like this? <laughs> do you know I me? Mean? Because once yeah. you've exported it, you can just say, "Yeah, it's real, mate." Yeah. <laughs> so we're relying on the human nature to be honest, and you can't. And do you that. can't do that because okay. the humans aren't honest. Yeah. So it's really difficult to police as well. So what's the point in putting disclaimers on stuff? I think maybe it just relies on the uh, integrity of the creator. So let's say it's Pete McKinnon yeah. in this sense. He's going to rely on Pete being honest and having enough integrity to say, "Just so you know, yeah. I, I've artificially enhanced this image." Yeah. Would you think less of him as a as a? We've lost the cannon. Have we? Mm-hmm. Battery's died. Oh battery! So it's not even cannon. <laughs> it's not time. even cannon time. What a useless piece of equipment? <laughs> <laughs> Should we have a quick cannon break? We can have a cannon break. I mean, we're only one minute off anyway. Okay, cool. let's pause it. back we're back well done i'm glad you spotted that
1: i just saw it at the corner of my eye
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm just going to reset uh hey siri time 28 minutes um as a just a slight aside before we go back to ai um we've we've sort of abandoned the cannon break when we've got guests on oh, yeah. we're actually <laughs> yeah. discussing it
1: i think we've had to
0: it's become a bit of a, a nuisance yeah when, when someone's right in their flow, and we're going, "Oh, it cannon break it's just a bit annoying yeah. it's fine with you and so me. it actually gives us and it gives us time to sort of just yeah. re reset and you know where we're up to and all the rest of it um anyway, yeah, um what was I talking about uh, Ethics. oh so yeah, the yeah. consumer perspective yeah like, does it doesn't matter if 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 the imagery you're looking at is, is AI so we were talking about AI and video, so this is the next thing. <laughs> Uh, this is where Scott <laughs> gets really upset. <laughs> so AI and video—you made a brilliant video on this on your YouTube channel the other day about how AI is starting to become a thing in video. Yeah. So th- there's uh, Adobe Firefly, for example. Firefly is. Uh, Talk us through it. It's gen- gen- cry.
1: <laughs> it's effectively the generative fill. And it's in Photoshop. It's effectively generative fill for video. So it will be become used in. Premiere Pro, which
0: is video editing software. I but is it just stills? Software. No. So, how does that work then? It's like animation or.
1: It's like... literally
0: everything.
1: Like, every part of the video. So, it...
0: so if you've got like. Um, you're interviewing someone on the streets of Manchester and you wanted extras milling around in the background. You'd be you able to tap add in that extras. in. And, yep. just... and it will
1: have them walking around. And you can background. say, can you blur them out so there's that
0: depth of field? And...
1: Add in some music that fits this scene. Add in. Uh, I don't know what was the example I saw let's I'm gonna have to get it up now
0: so the question I would ask with regards to this as a tool for filmmaking is this any less genuine than CGI was 30 years ago when CGI came to the fore and all of a sudden this is computer generated I just say
1: yes because it's taking all of that skill and creative thinking out of it so you can say if you've got a video clip of some waves and you need some sound effects that go along with the beach you can say you can highlight that section and say add in some sound effects of waves and the beach and it's done there's no thinking no creativity no personality in it it's just a computer doing it for you mm so cgi we, requires a human thinking and programming and yeah, being creative
0: and actually programming that yeah. that graphic yeah
1: someone has put time and effort and Skill. blood and sweat into
0: it yeah whereas now it's just like yeah whatever it's done it's done yeah thanks very much yeah. at the end of the day if the output is the art that the artist wanted to achieve even if it was helped by ai where does that fit do you know what I mean? Like if you had a vision for a rainforest with loads of animals and the wind swaying in the background, but you couldn't film in the Amazon and you used AI to do it, and that's exactly the look you were going for.
1: But even in things like Planet Earth, David Attenborough documentaries, where they've done that, they put on a little star in the do corner that says
0: CGI enhanced, or used by, uh, CGI used to develop okay, or something right, like okay. that. Well, that's cool. I kinda, I'm kind of encouraged yeah. by... The disclaimer that the BBC might use to make that. Yeah. I wonder if everybody would. I don't know. You know what I mean. Yeah,
1: I just I'm a bit skeptical of the whole thing. I don't think, I don't I don't know. So coming back to
0: photographers,
1: I think we need to start. I'm starting to come around to the way of thinking like I'm starting to use AI so i'm not falling behind yes. and i'm using it as a tool to help me when i need it yes but i can't rely on it
0: right i don't I, I want think that's to where we're at at the moment isn't it so uh, you know there's um we were looking through some interesting articles earlier on um what's the human so specifically with regards to photography rather than videography but yeah you know there have been challenges to photography since photography was around and before so yeah, you mentioned about artists and cameras first being invented. Right, yeah. How do you think like yeah. painters felt when the first cameras came around? Yeah. There's a quote here. It's like, when the influential French painter Paul Delaroche roved his eye over an original camera in 1840, he bluntly declared, from today, painting is dead. <laughs> you know, painting survived, and photography found its role as the new way to create and see. Since its inception, photography has faced myriad changes and challenges from technolo- technological advances. More recently, these have come from multimedia, videography, digital photography, the omnipotent internet, Photoshop and smartphones. So like, look at, you know, smartphones now, as we've discussed on a previous episode, they're pretty capable when it comes to photo. Fo- photo. But they've not killed photography. But they've not for- killed photography. Yeah. Um, and more and more now people as well, like when digital cameras came out, tw- it's only 20 odd years ago. Yeah you know the original digital and, and everyone sort of made the jump from film photography over to digital um did digital did film cam, did film photographers at that point going my art form is dead don't think they did or maybe they had that same existential worry like would is our art form disappeared now but actually yeah. now more and more people are going back to film they are and i love that i it, do too
1: it's, it's real it's like a physical, tangible thing.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So the latest, obviously, uh, technology to disrupt photography is AI. Um There's already a lot of AI in photography. And the, the, the thing worth pointing out, I think, is that AI has been in photography for a long time. Yeah. It's just that generative fill is such a leap forward.
1: I think it's just becoming much more... Like, AI... It, Siri in your phone is AI. Yes. Alexa is AI. Yeah.
0: You know, portrait mode on your phone... Is AI. ...is AI. But... I think it's just becoming... You know, face recognition. How long has that been around for? Like 10 years? Yeah. That's AI. It's
1: everywhere, and it has been for years and years and years. It's just becoming very quickly overwhelmingly powerful, Mm. and we're relying on it. There's the new... um, film that's coming
0: out, Oppenheimer. I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to see that as well.
1: So it's all about like how Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's the director and it's how um the atomic bomb came around. So Oppenheimer invented it and it was to ward off threats. Mm. But obviously it's all changed since then and like it is the threat now. Mm. But um there was when they were making it there was this Oppenheimer moment where they pushed the button and they genuinely thought that this might set off a chain reaction and blow up the whole world, Mm. like the atmosphere. That was a worry. And Christopher Nolan has come out and said that AI is now's Oppenheimer
0: moment. Mm. There's a lot of people very high up in, a lot of big tech companies who are quite frightened about AI. And I can't help but listen to them because they know what they're talking about whether you agree with them on a lot of things or not but like the fact that people have come out and said like we need to have like an embargo on development on AI for six months yeah. to for us to get our head around where this is going because this could potentially become an existential threat If I, you know I read somewhere that at the moment AI is equivalent to 150 IQ yeah. right now well this is a month ago it's probably a lot higher now yeah in a year's time oh no two months time AI, uh, the AI IQ will be about double that it'll be about 300 which is more intelligent than any human that's ever lived in a year's time it'll be a seven figure number mm. million it's or more like exponential so we just don't know what that means because we're only human and we yep. can't comprehend or understand what something with that IQ will be capable of, yeah, and that's why people are worried about it because you know is it
1: is it it will start thinking and learning for
0: itself better than we will ever be able to,
1: yeah, and there's worries like will it have our interests at heart, uh-huh. yeah, will it work with us or will it be against us, mm-hmm. and then it becomes like a science fiction
0: movie yeah (laughs) it's just but we just don't know that's the truth of it we just it's the complete unknown
1: it can there's worries that it will start to be able to jump from thing to thing Mm.
0: and infect other like ais Mm -hmm. it's mad yeah become warfare yeah exactly Mm. um it's, it's quite it's just the unknown and i think as humans we don't like the unknown as well and i think from a photographer, from a commercial perspective, we've been thinking about how AI might become a threat to us as photographers, for example. Um, and there's no question there are elements of, or certain disciplines within photography that might be at more risk than others. Mm. So if I was a product photographer for primarily, I'd be a bit worried. Yeah. Because, you know, it takes a lot to get great product photos, a lot of lighting, a lot of planning, a lot of set building. Glamour is another one or, or fashion. A beauty photographer, you know, stylist, hair, makeup, a whole team of people, yeah. plus the photographer, and actually a lot of that can be dealt with by AI. Yeah. However, I think you know the fundamental thing about that human interaction of a photographer getting the best out of a scene, a subject, whatever it is. I can't see that being taken over by AI. That that event we went and shot last week, Mawson, yeah. It was a corporate event for 400 people or something. Yeah. How could AI have done that job for us? Well, it couldn't. Right. But like even even like 10 years down the line, how could AI do that job for us? Yeah. I t- I well, we say it couldn't when it starts thinking for itself in ways that we can't. Thinking for yeah. itself, yeah. But I, I what's the beauty of photography for you? It's memories, really. For me, it's, it's the same. It's yeah. capturing a moment. Yeah. That. You know that's the beauty of like that's why put, I love photography relative to videography. It's a different thing. It's completely different. Yeah. I love that still that it's a one twen, one, one 125th of a second. Yeah, in time. Yeah, the skill of the photographer to capture that moment and not that one. Yeah, and then look at that photo and and it means something to somebody. That's yeah. photography for yeah. me. Um, Relate it to our industry. You know, a lot of what we do is property stuff how would ai be able to shoot those properties and style those properties for us yeah when we're trying to be authentic this is the thing like if you're just going to if you said to ai just go and create me 35 images of a mansion in cheshire it could do that yeah but it can't do it of that mansion that in cheshire looking in that daylight with consistent and styled in a certain way that's consistent yeah so I think in that sense, I think a lot of our work, and I don't just mean us, I mean photographers in a broader sense are quite safe until they figure out a way of AI being able to replicate the human element. as well. And just as a side note to that, I think our greatest asset when we do all this property photography is not our photography it's the. i think it's you and me yeah it's human it's our service it's our professional standards it's the way that we handle our vendors our clients it's the way that we turn things around quickly we make alterations with a smile on our face yeah that's what makes us really valuable to our clients there's plenty of people could learn to take the same photos we do do you know what i mean yeah what else have we got that's why we stand apart yeah i believe yeah and that's that's why i feel okay (laughs) yeah repeat there's an yeah. article here, um, which I'll just reference briefly. Um, it's, a, it's called, Is Technology Killing Photography? And it's um, the, the um, writer of this article... i uh, find the name and credit them. Mm, if they don't put the name on it, I can't credit <laughs> them. No, can't find it. Um, th- anyway, the, the, the writer of this article went and asked newspapers and magazine editors if there's, you know, been... It, if the, what what their perspective is so the first question is is there any memo on dealing with ai generated images the the editor of the um which one is it uh, the telegraph magazine I have not had any instruction or directive regarding the use of AI images, sorry to say. Obviously, we on occasion do use renders to help illustrate pieces, think architectural visualizations, etc. But I imagine you're alluding to AI passing off as real. Can't imagine a situation where that would happen with the Telegraph magazine and without a very clear reason and labeling, captioning, saying whether it is uh, artificially enhanced. It's not something I would countenance. Similarly, at the times, the answer was not yet, but I'm sure it's going to be an issue at some point, perhaps more of a worry for the illustrator world. But the more it develops, the more real it is, and the more frightening it is. Many spoken to the industry are frightened. Is photography dead or dying again? In question mark. Will the technology advance to the point where you just have to type a description of what photograph you require into style and produce it? Is it the rise of machines that's imminent? Or, and should I be investing in other things rather than memory cards? um So it's quite an interesting perspective in that point. So the media, the, the encouraging thing in that for me is that they they think that they would never do that without disclaiming it. Yeah. So that's hopeful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it's out there now, and no, no, it's not just on a commercial professional level. Like this is a consumer level thing.
1: Yeah, we, it's accessible to. F1. You do it on your phone. With, yeah.
0: You know, all you need to have is Adobe. Adobe Suite on yeah phone,
1: you know and, you and that's the it. worry like how accessible it is, I think,
0: yeah, I think so too,
1: but um, just going back to like Christopher Nolan, yeah, and what he's saying about AR, like I was Oppenheimer is this film this i think I really like it because it's like a true story, mm. but um they've shot this entirely on film, and you can actually go and see it on film like as a film reel not like a digital projection so that they've kept they've edited it as film so they've kept that whole process which when you f- can film in digital and mm. edit in digital and show it in digital and that is easier mm. they've still opted to show, like, do it this way because that's real it's a true story and you still get better image quality by shooting it
0: on film. So I was going so, to ask you that. Like, what's the benefit of doing it? Because it could be argued it's a vanity project to yeah. do it on film and show it on reels, but is there a a benefit to it? It's shot on, like, IMAX
1: film, which is, like, 70 millimeter film, which is the biggest and highest quality film you can... So to get the same resolution developed. digitally, you can't it doesn't do it. exist. It does, yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. So, like... You can then go and see this in full 70 millimeter IMAX and yeah. it is like the size of like an eight-story building or something ridiculous like yeah. that. And it just fills your whole yeah. like
0: vision. And the, and the thing about it, I, mean, I don't know about film, but certainly in terms of film photography, is like you get a much more warm... Um, real kind of yeah. look to the, the image yeah and I guess it's the same
1: with it's the same for, yeah it's, it's, you can't replicate that film it just looks it's the best image quality yeah. you can
0: get what I kind of um, wonder is that whether, whether your average Joe on the street cares about that quality I've always thought you know like there's, there was a big push for a full HD yeah when HD TVs came yeah. out and everyone started getting high definition it was yeah. a big deal um, 4K. 3D. 3D was, was <laughs> a little that. fad, wasn't it? I quite liked it, actually. <laughs> I remember going to my mate's house, we had like an 80-inch TV, and we had the glasses on and everything, <laughs> yeah. watching like some movie. It was incredible. I it? think it'll come back, but in a different form. Yeah, right, okay. So 3D was on. And then now 4K, yeah. you know, everyone's sort of told they need 4K, Ultra HD is yeah. the next thing, you know, all the rest of it. Um, whereas with music, it kind of went the other way. Yeah. Right, in some respects. So you started off with, you know audio which was analog on vinyl and then on tapes then you had the first digital which was cd but it's really high quality high bandwidth yeah audio on cds and then it got worse. Worse, and worse so they start crushing it into these tiny little mp3 files and losing all that bandwidth yeah. and that depth in the music i mean cds are still probably uh, you know, objectively the best quality yeah. music you can listen to and it's still still pretty poor because now people stream online yeah it's gone backwards in that sense and now because of that as a contributory factor people go back to analog forms of music
1: that's why vinyls are massive exactly yeah it's the same with photography like people going back to film photography
0: exactly so actually and it's nice to try and sort of wrap things up in a kind of positive light i suppose really it might get us
1: back to a bit more sense of reality and is this the
0: sea change moment of ai i don't just mean a fi- film and video yeah um is this the, the you know the sea change moment of people going actually i want to get off the hamster wheel i yeah. want to go back to something that's real i want authenticity yeah i think there's a huge amount to that Cause like, film photography has never been bigger since it died
1: yeah exactly and there there is something about film photography that's just special Warm and lovely yeah and, and I think rip- I think
0: both from the photographer's perspective and the viewer's perspective yeah
1: like Holly my girlfriend has recently bought a film camera and she got rid of her she digital. got rid of a digital camera yeah, yeah. like there's something special about just holding a film camera it's where amazing, all you've got is a shutter speed and an aperture
0: yeah it's amazing
1: you, your ISO is set by your film so yeah. you can't change that yeah there's just something special about figuring out what shutter speed you need and your aperture using like a little app to tell you what setting your light you need. meter yeah And then the image that you get from it is not going to be perfect. It might be slightly out of focus or you might have missed the perfect smile or whatever. But that image that you got is more special than anything you can get. I also think
0: because you're on a roll of film with 24 exposures, whatever. You're thinking about it. You think very carefully about every single exposure. You know, whereas, I mean, we came back from that event last week with like 4,000 Too many photos. And you have to go through them I and like yeah. you work out only 10, 10% of them are any good. Yeah. But those 10% probably really capture the moment really, really well. Yeah. Um, so it has its benefits. I would. Can you imagine going and doing an event or a wedding with film?
1: I, I, th- I think it would be a lot more memorable if you did.
0: From whose perspective?
1: The photographer and Do you? the couple.
0: I think I would have a massive breakdown if I was on, sh- on site with ten, but, uh, twenty 20 rolls of film in my back But
1: you, you're trying to capture... You, you At the moment, you're expected to capture that perfect moment.
0: Yes, you are. Because that's the expectation yeah. given by the photography industry. But if industry. you
1: go with a film camera and say, I will try my best, but the chances are you're going to miss certain
0: things but what you get but what you is get is going to be more
1: special and more real.
0: Mm. Do You remember think, Ian Turpin said yeah. like that he's he he said that now um, film photographers doing weddings have to be insured to the value of the entire wedding to put yeah. it on again <laughs> yeah. in case there was a film. Yeah.
1: But so what if you don't get the perfect moment? Problem
0: is that's the expectations.
1: Uh, that's why yeah because of technology
0: because of Instagram because of expectations like and because over time photographers are able to get those moments and so people want those moments
1: but the thing is when it when it is perfect and when it's staged it becomes I don't know I think it becomes less memorable if you get something that's slightly imperfect you. Rem- this is a perfect example my gran if she ever listens to this will hate me for it my dad probably listened to this will laugh out loud but she's an amazing cook she does like incredible roast dinners and puddings and things can't like that can't A-I that can't <laughs> A-I that. but the one thing that we remember and wind her up for is the rice pudding that went wrong and went rock hard <laughs> 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 but it's the imperfect things that you remember that's life
0: isn't it yeah life is imperfect and it's more relatable yeah I think the I might be wrong on this but my my sort of hot take on on it all is that the younger generation now there's the Gen Z's and and younger seem to be the first generation in, in a number of generations, which instead of looking for progress and more and faster and better in everything, are starting to potentially understand the value of what's really important in yeah. life and things, things like human interaction yeah. and relationships and experiences and that kind of stuff. And I think that maybe, I hope that this might be, Broadly speaking, a bit of a sea change yeah, time in history, point. where you know we had the industrial revolution, and now we've got the dig. We had the di- the internet age. This is the next one. It's the artificial age. And actually, hopefully, people will start going. Well, I've ha- I'm out. I'm, I don't fancy that. I'd actually rather go back rather than forwards. Yeah. Um, I'm in the process of buying a new car, and I'm going back. I'm going older. Yeah instead of getting a new car with fancier toys, I'm going back because I want a more sort of analogue kind of car. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people maybe are doing that a little bit. Yeah. They're going in a direction where I'd rather do film photography. I'd rather collect vinyl. Yeah. Um, and also, if you look at the high street and things now, you know, we mentioned we mentioned this in another podcast for the next one, just in terms of retail is dying on the high street. But it's being replaced by experiential things. People realising what's really important is human interaction mm. and going out for dinner with people or going and doing an escape room or wherever it might be, yeah. is more important than going and shopping for the latest iPhone or yeah. whatever. And anyway, true. you can do it online. Yeah, it's true. Am I being naive, naive? maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I hope not. I hope that is the case. I hope the so The world too. will be a better place. So I think in summary then, this generative fill stuff, it absolutely has its place. Yeah. There is no question we are so we can only speak from our own perspective can't we but from our perspective we're quite happy using it in our toolbox yeah i
1: i can't see myself using it to add in things and generate an image from scratch no but to remove something from a photo
0: that to improve our existing workflow yeah yeah and also like we'd be idiots as professionals to just to go no, nope, not for me, I don't do that. And there's plenty of people out there who are doing that, I refuse to use generative fill. Yeah. Honestly, if you go into photography forums, filled with people going, yeah. no, I won't do that, just out of, from a, an ethical standpoint. And I respect that, but like, I kind of feel like, well, you're going to get left behind. That's the thing, yeah.
1: And you n- know how quickly technology moves on already, like with iPhones are only, what, 15, 20 years, not even 20, probably 15, 16 years old. Yeah, 20, 2007, I think, yeah. yeah. Since the first iPhone, and look how far they've come on.
0: Yeah, exactly, and capabilities. So yeah. I think from our perspective, we have to keep it in our toolbox. We have to embrace it. And we, are, we have a responsibility to ourselves as professionals to be at the forefront of what it, what can be done. Mm. And I kind of think we are. I mean, as I said, within about two hours of generative film, we were, <laughs> I was using it on commercial work. Yeah. I? And you were too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we, we have embraced it, but we've got to tread and a, a, a fine ethical line, haven't we? Yeah, Definitely. So, yeah let's see what comes next. Let's think of it positively. I'm trying really hard it's, Scott
1: yeah. <laughs> just let's just do everything on film.
0: yeah, it's interesting. More and more film photographers out there. I wonder whether they'll get more and more work. That's I you. would love to see like more
1: wedding film
0: photographers and things like that. yeah I, I, I would think too. it'd
1: be very, very cool.
0: Maybe it's something we can niche,
1: yeah yeah
0: well, that's how I think yeah. it's all about what it means to the consumer at the end of the day there's no point in doing it because we prefer it yeah it has to be something in it for the end of year yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it does require a whole sort of mindset shift
0: it does doesn't it yeah it does anyway so there's generative film exciting scary um new and amazing we'll stick in the show notes the link to um the neil of videos, video yeah. just to show anyone who's interested what actually can be done yep. um by a generative fill. and uh, you're prepared to have your minds absolutely blown yeah it's pretty crazy yeah. stuff anyway i think we'll wrap it up there shall we yeah i think that's a good place um we will be back in two weeks time we our podcasts are released every two weeks on a monday apart from when we're really busy yeah we had a bit of a break we had a little bit of a break because we just didn't have uh, have time to produce these uh we we are back now and hopefully we'll be uh pretty consistent over over the summer at least yeah um where can people find us then scott
1: you can find us at npmedia.co.uk and we are on instagram at northern.powerhouse.media
0: we're also going to pick up on our creative pursuit um youtube channel yeah We'll get so going with that again. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff on there if you haven't already seen it. Um, but we're looking to increase our output on that and some new, interesting, engaging content. So yeah. go and visit that if you yeah. fancy. We're yes. going to
1: get on threads.
0: Are we going to do threads? We sack that off. I don't really know what it is to be <laughs> so, honest. Why is it different to Twitter? Uh, it's not. So, what's the point? It, it's no point. It's just another thing. It's just something else to put in my <laughs> brain that I should be doing. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think everybody as they go through life gets to a point where they've had enough of yeah. social media and they stop there. Yeah. You know, I, I did Facebook, then Twitter, then Instagram, and I've stopped. <laughs> I never get to TikTok yeah. or Snapchat, I never went there. Yeah. And everyone's got their their capacity. Uh, yeah. I think I found I've, I've mine. well and truly reached it. I'd now just yeah. want to reduce the amount of social yeah. media in my life. not it. increase yeah. Yeah. Why would you want more social was, media? I don't get it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. We'll leave threads. Anyway, you will leave threads. You can find <laughs> us on Instagram, and, <laughs> and uh, that's as far as it will go. Yeah. Right. Thank right. you very much for listening. See you later. See you next time. That's been playing in the background. Quite like this, bit. Oh. <laughs> there we go we